is the day the Lord has made. Welcome again to 5-Minute Devotions. My name is Jeff Kester. Now, we've been recently going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and today we're going to do all of chapter 7. Now, I am going to put out the disclaimer that, yes, this is another one of those passages that might not be suitable for younger listeners. So if you do have smaller ears listening to this devotion, you might want to fast forward a little bit. But because of the length of today's, I'm not going to do a whole lot of commentary. I'm just going to end up praying at the end. Because this passage is pretty self-explanatory, and you'll see why in a little bit. So with that in mind, here we go. Chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians from the New Living Translation. Now, regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not a command. But I I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried, just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should just go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than burn with lust. For those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single, or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Now I will speak to the rest of you. Though I do not have a direct command from the Lord, if a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy." But if the husband or wife, who isn't a believer, insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. For God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you, and remain as you were when God first called you. This is my rule for all churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it, and the man who was uncircumcised when he became a believer should not be circumcised now, for it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. 
Now, regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord from them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think it's best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I'm trying to spare you those problems. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best, with a few distractions as possible. But if a man thinks that he's treating his fiancée improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It's not a sin. For if he had decided firmly not to marry, and there is no urgency, and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. So the person who marries his fiancée does well, and the person who doesn't marry does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. But in my opinion, it would be better for her to stay single, and I think I'm giving you counsel from God's Spirit when I say this. Now there's an awful lot in that to take in, and a lot of things going on there. But one thing that I really sticks out for me is how Paul kind of relates to being single and working in the church. You know, that's really what he's talking about. He's talking about, okay, when you're a follower of Christ, you're, you're devoting yourself to um, the mission of spreading God's word and spreading God's love to other people. And it's really hard to um, kind of balance family life with work life and balance family life with church life. And really, for me, as a church worker, a professional church worker, it is really tough. You know, I'm on literally 24-7. If I have a student that calls me in the middle of the night, or if we have yeah, have had an emergency in the church, man, it's really tough. You know, I've seen a lot of youth pastors and youth directors end up getting divorced for one reason or another, and a lot of times because they don't spend a lot of time at home. And it's really difficult to judge work and home life and where do you draw boundaries with how much you work or, you know, it's just so tough. You know, for me, it's important to have those boundaries to say, now I'm going to work and now I'm going to spend time with family and really do draw that dividing line. But there are times that students do need me. And if they do call or they do text to, you know, put in a context to say, you know, can this wait or 
do I need to spend family time or is it a time that I need to step away from my family and, and spend that time with those students who are struggling or if they need me in some way, shape, or form? For those of us who are professional workers, it is very difficult to draw those lines. And for some of us, we never learn. And a lot of times, it's at the expense of our families. You know, we put our job first. We put so many things first. So right now, instead of praying for you, what I really want to do is pray for the church workers in your life. Pray for the pastors. Pray for the youth directors, DCEs, youth pastors, music directors, whoever they may be in your life. They're, they really need your prayers. Those that have families, they spend a lot of time away from their families. They're in conferences. They're consoling other families who have lost loved ones. They're dealing with crisis within the church. They're at elders' meetings, deacons' meetings, board of directors' meetings, and meetings about meetings, and it gets crazy. And it's hard to be in that church life. So let me pray for those people. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those listening and the churches that they attend. God, I pray for really all church workers, whether they're pastors or youth directors, DCEs, uh, music directors, church secretaries, whoever they are, business managers. God, I pray that you would put your hand over them and you would bless them. And God, I pray that you'd also give them wisdom, wisdom that they would learn to draw lines, when to work, when to be with their families. God, it's family life is so important. And so often as church workers, we put our families aside in order to do the church work. And as Paul's saying in this passage, he, he finds the struggle. That's why he stayed single, to draw those lines, to figure out where church and family life, where you drew that line. So, God, I pray for those professional church workers and volunteer church workers in our lives who have families. I pray that you strengthen their families, that you build them up. And, God, I pray that as those church workers serve us as individuals, that they would grow not only stronger in their families, but stronger in their faith. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Remember, you're a loved child of God. And how are you going to echo Christ today? We'll see you tomorrow.